I heard it repetitively, was you're not going to be able to place train her the way you do the Labrador. All right, guys, welcome back. Another podcast episode here for you. Um, I have been pretty busy, actually, uh, recording podcasts, not a lot of our own. Um, been recording quite a few recently with uh, for other podcasts, and I'm excited about that. I enjoy that. Um, there are chances for me to meet people in a lot of, in a lot of situations. I've, I've met um, new hosts, if you will, um, going on their, basically doing their podcast. We're going to be able to share that audio um, we're going to be able to let you guys know when those podcasts go live for them. Um, and then eventually you'll hear the, the audio on our end as well, but, um, I'm excited. It's shed season. And so, or we're coming up on shed season. I should say, I have not really gone myself yet. Um, I don't go that early. We are kind of further North and, um, snow cover is, we've had some actually really nice melts. Um, conditions have been really perfect, uh, as far as going shed hunting, but it's a little early, um, mid February, today's Valentine's day. Happy Valentine's day to you guys. Um, it's been a little early. I think personally, I'm not in a, if I were a public land shed hunter and in the past I have done quite a bit of that. Um, I don't have any issue with going early. I think you kind of gotta, uh, there's just so much competition, a lot of people looking, which is great. Um, I'm not complaining about it, but I I feel like if you're going to hunt those situations, yeah, you got to look early um, just because there's other people that are going to. And so there was a spot that I used to go, I'd walk it daily um, because I knew there was a couple big deer in there, but it was no secret. There were other guys as well that, that watched the same deer that I did. Um, it was a, They were city deer. So yeah. I think personally I've developed or evolved a little bit um, from a shed hunting perspective and most of my shed hunting now is on private land. Um, I'm not a private land snob by any means, although I really enjoy private land and I enjoy managing deer and I enjoy the idea of manipulating habitat and um, that's just, I get a lot of joy out of that. So with that, we literally build our um, the farm that we hunt, we build it to hold deer late in the season. We do that strategically with bedding areas on non-pressure, um, food sources, late season food sources, all keys in, in shed hunting. And we don't typically go till later. So it's not a shed hunting episode, but I'm kind of giving you, kind of going down that road, I guess a little bit, but, uh, so I have not gone much yet. We will be soon, but we're recording a lot about it. We're talking a lot about it. We're talking about the training parts with the dog. So I am excited about that today. What we're going to talk about is something different. I've got a list. I've tried to organize my stuff. I'm trying to, um, dig out from a bit of a hole in January, uh, fell behind a little bit with responses on emails, texts, DMS through Facebook and Instagram. Um, Lots of different vo- voicemails, all kinds of like playing, playing catch up, and uh, doing my best to try to get that, to try to get that caught back up. But I, in that, I'm learning some things. I'm learning to, um, re- I'm recognizing the importance of organization and maybe the effects of the lack of, um, and I probably struggle with that. So, I s- did a couple dumps at at the recommendation of people that I know um, that are a lot better at this stuff than I am. They recommended dump all the stuff you have because I had so many things in my mind. I knew I was missing stuff. So they said dump. So I have multiple dumps of to-do lists. One of my dumps, when I say dumps, is I literally just spill it out on paper. Um, gives me a chance to visually see it, and then I try to organize it and try to check stuff off. Uh, trust me, you do not want to listen to me for tips on being efficient and uh, that kind of stuff. Uh, but that is stuff that people that I'm learning and trying to practice a bit. So I had this dump where I dumped all my podcast ideas because I also have, and I've talked about the value of my phone when it comes to organizing things. I'm opening it up right now and I'm looking at it and it's literally, it's in my notes section. I titled it pod topics and I've got a lot 
Uh, it's just a really, really long list. I took that and I realized I'm not that good on tech stuff. So I transferred it to paper and then I literally dumped a bunch of other ideas that were bouncing around in my head on paper. Um, and I just realized, man, I have to get some of this stuff done. So I'm actually recording a podcast in an hour from now. We're doing this in the evening. Um, Steph picked up Lillian and said, just have the house tonight and do your stuff and I will run and she's got some stuff she's going to do with her. So I've got an hour until I record another podcast with a guy, Gundog Do It Yourself, I think is Gundog It Yourself, I think is the podcast that we're going to record tonight. Um, new to, I'm new to that one myself personally, but I'm excited. Talked with the host. His name is Nick. Um, excited about that. We'll share more on that soon. But I've got, I'm going to crank this one out in between because I think I can get it done. It's something that's real fresh. It's place training. It's something that I've been sharing quite a bit about. Um, it's something that Makina, Makina is doing really well with. Makina is the machine. That's Spanish for the machine. Um, that's our new little setter puppy. Um, so Makina is doing really well with her place training. And it was a bit of a, um, when I got her, I, I received multiple messages and I talked with a lot of people over the years uh, leading up to getting her and got my fair share of warnings on what to look for, different breed, different style of dog, yada, yada, yada. And we're writing our gun dog magazine um, contribution this year. We're doing a series of columns on the training of, of her um, very excited about it. She's doing really well. I'm having a lot of fun with her. But one of the things that stood out was, boy, you're just, you're not going to, that I heard it repetitively was you're not going to be able to place train her the way you do the Labrador. And so my labs are very good on place. Uh, I think, I just think it's a real important tool. Um, I do think that it comes pretty easy to some dogs. Um, but I'll be honest with you, I do workshops, and those workshops bring all sorts of different dogs of all different sorts of ages uh, and all sorts of different backgrounds. And I've yet to have one come, whether they were as young as 8 to 10 weeks old or 8 to 10 years old. I've yet to have one come that couldn't do it. And we've had all sorts of breeds, and I've made, I've made, I've made some social media posts about place training. You hear the puppy on her place right now. Um, she's scratching at her back and her back leg is scratching on the bed. Um, the, the breeds, you know, pointing dogs, retrievers, mutts, it didn't matter. Uh, the ideas and the concept is pretty simple, I think, and it's pretty understandable. It does take and require, um, an understanding. It all, it does take and under, uh, and require some real, knowledge on the idea of timing like you gotta you gotta understand the critical importance of timing as a trainer but i i don't think that's just with place training i think that's that's all training uh it is specifically and probably pretty easily recognized in in place training i think the other thing is before i get into this i want to talk about the idea of place training because i've had multiple people reach out to me now since i started posting a lot of stuff about place training because i'll be honest we're not doing a whole lot with a 13 week old setter yet um, place training is one thing that we started relatively early. We picked her up at eight weeks old and we started on day two that she was home. Um, it's been a really valuable skill. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. Uh, I've shared a lot about that. So it started pretty early. I've also had, I've also started dogs on place as old as 10 weeks old, 12 weeks old. Um, usually doesn't get much later than that because quite honestly, it's a pain in the neck when I don't ha have that in place. It's just, they're very challenging because I am limited with what I can do with puppies. And so my, my mindset, my mentality with puppies is set them up to succeed. Don't put them in a position to fail. They can't fail if they're with me under complete supervision. Like if I'm watching them and interacting with them, they can't, they can't make a mistake. If they do, I'm, I'm right there. So it's not going to be a, an issue that goes unresolved. They're either on their place. That's the other option which places we're going to talk about the, the, really what place means to me because I think that's part of the issue is different understanding of what the definition is then or they're in their crates. And so my puppies have three, three options, place, crate, or with me under supervision. And when you think about it as simplistic as that is, I always talk about I prefer to simplify training. I think it's, it's easier that way. I think it's more enjoyable that way. I don't think it's necessary to overcomplicate stuff, uh, especially when it comes to the dogs. So 
those three things are pretty achievable if you have the right approach and if you're consistent with it and if you understand the mechanics of it. So what is place? So I, for me, I think that's an important thing to understand. Well, I should say for you guys, I think it's a real important thing to understand. For me, place training is the idea of this is the spot. It's this place that they, they can't leave. Like they're on it. That's where I put them. Now it's not stay. So I use, you know, commands like sit and I use commands like stay. I, I rarely use stay actually, like sit kind of means stay. Usually with a young dog, I put a dog on sit and I just don't call him off of it. Now this is kind of, this will lead into this play stuff. So what makes it easy to teach a dog to stay? What makes it very easy for me is the idea that they don't understand that they can't go. So from day one, when we start putting them on sit, they don't get to move until I tell them to do that. So what I don't do with, with them when they're little is expect them to understand that and start calling them off a of sit. I just don't do that. When I say sit, that means sit. I don't let you get up when you want to get up. I don't, let, I don't call you off of it. I don't walk away and then say, come here. Because, yeah, recall here is important, but it's just eroding your stay, your sit. So... Let's set, so with the idea of sit means stay, sit is long-term, it's permanent, it essentially means the same thing as stay. So, but that means your butt sits on the ground, you can't move. That's tough for a little puppy to do for a long period of time. So when I'm teaching them that, it's really short. You know, sit, they sit down, thousand one, thousand two, good, okay, come on. And I heal them off of it, or I walk them off of it, or I pick them up. But they don't do it for very long because they can't their focus and their attention is not that long so what i why i like places because it is like stay in the in the idea that it keeps them in a generalized spot 27 inches by 35 inches is the size of of the bed she's on right now so that's a size medium we sell them so that space allows her right now she takes up about well, she doesn't even take up half of it. She takes up maybe a quarter of it from a square inch standpoint. But when she lays out like she is right now and she's rolling over and nipping at her toenails and kind of chasing her tail around a little bit and she's a little antsy, but she's settling in pretty nicely. Like, I don't know if they can see that. I'm recording this as well with a video and, and you might be able to even see that next to me. She's sprawled out right now on it and she's fooling around but it's very acceptable. Like she's not coming off of it. And there's nothing on that place for her to get a hold of. So what risk do I have of her getting into trouble right now? I've taken a lot of opportunity for her to fail away. I've set her up to be successful. Now, that's a safe place that she can move around freely, but within reason. It's got perimeters. So it's elevated. It allows, and we'll talk about the mechanics of it in a second here. But so for me, that's what place training is. Place training is being able to put my dog in a spot, have them understand they can't get off of it or move past it, but they can move a little bit. That's much easier for her to do than me expecting her to sit and stay for this pod, the length of this podcast. She'll be on, she was on place prior to this podcast for, I bet you today, if I put a clock on it, People ask me this a lot, like from say seven o'clock today, it's six o'clock right now. So we've got 11 hours in 11 hours in the last 11 hours, I would say she spent four to five of those hours in her crate. She spent, if, let's just say it's five hours. I would say she spent five hours maybe a little less than five hours on her bed place on place command and then an hour to an hour and a half ish of going outside to the bathroom we took a little walk we went down to the shop i got an hour maybe of her being outside moving around and it's not all at once it wasn't an hour long it might have been a little bit more than that because we were probably outside for about 20 to 30 minutes straight walking down to the shop, doing a little bit of work outside, not with her, but just she was with me. 
And then she probably went outside three or four times today. And I, I let her out with other dogs to go to the bathroom. And it's really cold outside, so I don't always go outside. So I'll let her out. And she might spend 5, 10, 15 minutes out there. And then I call them back in and put them back on their place or put them in their kennel or whatever we're going to do. So my older dogs go to their place. She probably went to her place five hours maybe today total. Not continuous, but broken up. She probably spent about that in the kennel. So her day-to-day consisted of with me under supervision because I did that a little bit. I let her out and go to the bathroom. I didn't used to do that when she was real little. Um, I'd go out with her every time when she was real little. She's 13 weeks now, going to be 14. She might be 14 weeks. And then she was on her bed place or she was in her kennel. That was it. Now, she's whining a little bit. I think she might. She ate about 25 minutes ago. She may have to go to the bathroom. So you may end up seeing this live like, okay, I'm recognizing if she's whining on her place, something's wrong. Now, she whines on her place sometimes and nothing's wrong, but she's getting a lot better at that because I pretty much ignore it. But when she ate 25 minutes ago and now she's on her place and she's getting a little antsy, I have to go, does she have to go to the bathroom? It's something that I have to have subconsciously in the back of my mind all the time. Now, that's the breakdown of the day for her. She, why I think that place is important is because it gives her another option. Now, some people, I think you got to, some people think a place differently. I think there's a big, my, my business partner called me one day and he's like, dude, you should see this. this is, he was living in Des Moines, Iowa at the time and he went to a park to watch his kids play baseball. And they had a group of people training dogs in the park that day. And he said there was 30 people in the park with these place boards and they literally were like doing drills. Everything was built around the place board. And it was like a dog training class, 100% driven on place board training. Different, very different than what I'm talking about when I'm talking about place training my dog. Now, I know buddies that do place board training where they teach dogs to handle left to right, left to right, back, left to right, left to right, back. They do, they, there's all sorts of things you can do with them, and they're valuable. I think they, I think I don't train them that way, but I, I know a lot of people that do, and I think it gives the dog a target, and it gives the dog a spot to be, and that's fine, but that's different than what I'm talking about with my place training, with my dogs. Now, I think that recall, people can use them for recall and get them to come to a spot. I see it a lot with retriever guys where they want the dog to pick the thing up, pick the dummy up, and then go get on their place, go get on their place. And the dogs are very conditioned to do that, and that's fine. I don't do it that way. It's not. I'm not saying it's wrong to do it that way. It's just I don't do it that way because what I... I it those things now i'm going to i'm going to sound a little bit back and forth on this some of that i think could have some value i've just never had the need for it i've never had i tried it once with a dog that would run past me with re, with retrieves uh she'd come in too hot she'd come in too fast and she'd she'd go past me and so i i tried doing a place board in front of me and get her to come and finish on the board i get that i think it would i think it makes it made a lot of sense i think a lot of guys do that it didn't work that well with her. She avoided it. It became clumsy and awkward. And did I stick with it long enough? Probably not. But what did I do? I did the same thing that I always do to fix that problem of dog running past me too far. I just hold, I just went through hold conditioning. She, my, the issue was prior to doing hold conditioning, she was coming in too hot. I got through hold conditioning. It took me a while. It had to get done no matter what. We got through it. And she delivered very nicely to the front. No problem. I didn't, I, so I didn't need the board for that. So I look at why is Makina doing so well on place? I mean, when I say that, she's do, she does it in very distracted situations. She doesn't come off there. Uh, I was retrieving with our other dogs the other night on, I think we put it on our Instagram story, uh, made, made a post on it, but Lillian was actually retrieving. Lillian had a ballerina outfit or whatever, a gymnastics outfit. She was throwing her head dress thing, headband thing, and Taylor was going and retrieving it for her. And Makina was on her place right next to her. And it was tempting for her. It was tempting when you throw something. It was tempting when the dog ran past. It was tempting when the dog ran back past her. She really wanted to be a part of that game. And I allowed her to watch it, very close quarters, but not come off. 
Now, she, I felt confident in her ability to stay in place. I wouldn't have done that early on. Early on, it was me and her literally in the kitchen, and I sat there and watched her. I made a few mistakes early on. I thought, it, you know, she was eight weeks old in two days. And I thought, personally, she was a snuggler. Like, she liked to curl up in a blanket. I don't typically put a blanket in my crates with my puppies. Um, when they're really little, I do because it's a little softer and I think it's easier for them to transition home with me. But I take it away about the time that they give me any inclination of being a chewer because I don't want them chewing up that towel and swallowing it and all, all sorts of issues there. So whether it be a blanket or towel or whatever it is. So I thought, well, I'll put the blanket on the bed on her cot and I felt like that would help her curl up a little bit. Well, that didn't work. She wanted to play with it. She turned, wanted to turn it into a toy. So I was like, well, that can't happen. So I took the blanket away. As soon as I took the blanket away, she didn't have anything to mess with. And she flirted with the idea of jumping. I mean, she jumped off three, four times right away because she thought she's never been on this thing before. And she just thought, well, I'm, I'm getting off. He put me on here. I'm getting off. And I caught her and I put her back up. And it was timing was very good. I gave her a little bit of a correction. I put her back up. She got... She's very smart. And so she understood because of the timing when she got to the edge and stepped off, it immediately followed with a correction. So what was the correction for? Well, stepping off. And so three, four, five times of that in a row, she got to the edge and she paused, hesitated, and I told her good. So all of a sudden she looked at me and was like, oh, no correction. Instead he said good, which she thought was pretty good. What led to that? Well, I went to the edge and I didn't step off. So from that moment, she starts figuring out, step off, get corrected, stay on, he'll say good. Then I finally let her, then she got antsy, then she started barking at her reflection in the dishwasher, and then she got barking at me, and she's testing me. I mean, she's literally down on her, laying down, growling at me, and barking at me, barking at me, and I got, I don't take that. That's talking back. So I gave her a correction. Ah, that's enough. Did that two, three times, and she was done with that. Like, I haven't had her do it to me since. So now I know what you're saying is some of you people are listening to this going, well, why didn't you show us that? I did. I recorded it. Trust me. It's coming. We're going to do a series with her. So you're going to actually see this series is going to start out a little bit different because it's not formal with a camera guy following me around. We're going to be doing that in a little bit. We started doing that a little bit already. I did a lot of the early episodes on my phone and with a GoPro. So little informal, uh, very informal. Some of it, I don't even acknowledge the video or the camera or the phone. Just, I just candid, candid, candid. I, I just, this is what I would have done if there was nobody watching. So I want people to see that. So we're going to share that with you. But you're going to see the first one. First one was five minutes. And then she got antsy and then she started really kind of ramping up and like getting excited puppy-like. And I said, well, I can see where this is going. It's going really the wrong direction. So... I picked her up and I put her in her crate. That was done. It was a lesson. The next day we did it, the next time I did it, it took her quite a while to settle actually into the bed. 28 minutes precisely. Took, so I watched her for 28 minutes. She never got off. She might have got off once or twice, but uh, not hardly. And she settled in. And finally when she settled in, 28 minutes later, her session was done. So I've had people ask me, are you doing this, you know, are you doing this with all positive reinforcement? No, I don't. I don't do anything with all positive reinforcement. I don't do everything with anything with all negative reinforcement. I think it's a combination of both. I correct her when she does the wrong thing. I tell her when she's good, when she does the right thing. I've had other people ask me, so are these all just really, really micro short sessions? No, one was five minutes, one was 28 minutes. So the next one was 28 minutes. So it all depends. It's all dependent on the dog. And if she settles in, I'll let her stay settled. If she gets too antsy and I'm going to get into trouble because of it, like right now, she's antsy. I think she's got to go to the bathroom. I'm going to have to pay pretty close attention to this. But so what I do is I gauge it based on how the, what the dog is telling me. How long can she go? How long can she do it right? I got to let the dog out. I can tell right now. I'm turning around. I'm looking at it. And she's just, she is prancing on this thing. So I'm hoping the GoPro is catching this. I'm going to pause this, and I'm going to come back in, and we're going to finish recording it. So let me pause this. All right, we're back here. Um, 
<laughs> for part two, if you will. So took her outside. She peed right away. She ran way over into the bushes like I like her to. Did number two. So it's a it's not planned. It's probably poor planning on my part. I probably should have known that ahead of time. Fed the dog, put her in her kennel, took her out of the kennel, put her on her place. She's going to go to the bathroom. So 25 minutes later, what does she got to do? She's got to go to the bathroom. So I, you know, that's... It's, it's unprofessional probably on my end to record it that way. It's also very realistic in real life. So it's probably maybe drives the point home. Okay. That's how I do that. I read her and now I look back at her. She's quiet. She's settling in pretty nicely. I bet you she lays down. So it's reading this and the ability of having place training helps me with all these things. Like if she's running around the house willy nilly free, free rain, she's going to find a quiet spot in the corner and she's pooping. And I might not even know it until later, till I smell it or I walk by and see it. She can, she can go. She just, she just laid down and curled up into a nice little ball. So, by having her in that spot, it makes my life easier. By having her in her crate, she's not going to have an accident in her crate. It makes my life easier. So she's gonna. It's, it's an extension of that control, uh, but it's. It, it's going to require me to not be 100% paying attention to her. I don't have to watch her. I know where she is. She's right behind me. I can hear her moving around in that bed, and I can hear her when she whines and fusses and has to go to the bathroom. So those those are just reasons why we do it. Now, I should have listened probably where we cut off there, but we were talking, I think, about um, some of the some of the other things that we can do with place training. We were talking about my buddy who saw the, the dogs doing the full play place training course or whatever it was that they're in. I think it's a great idea. Um, I think what you have to be careful of is when we build anything, when anything in our training becomes so important and priority that we can't survive without it, we run into trouble. So like I look at this and I go, that's part of why I don't consider myself a treat trainer. I'll use kibble at times to motivate puppies to do certain things and shape some behavior. I'll do it. Guilty. I don't think I'm a treat trainer. You can call me that, but I don't think I am. I'm not a force guy either. I don't put collars on dogs. So, but I also don't not use pressure. I use pressure. I tell them no. I make corrections. I use slip leads. I do things that create an understanding of that was the wrong thing to do. So I'm, I'm both, and I'm always trying to be somewhere in the middle. And the reason I'm trying to be in the middle is because I think it gives me a, the ability to react a little bit better. Where if I rely on one thing completely, and then you take it away or it's missing, I don't want to ever be in a position where I lose all the control. So I don't like relying so heavily on a place board for most of my training because when it's not there when it's there they do well when it's not there I, I i don't want to struggle so i think we have to have an understanding it's important to understand what is place training and that can be different for different people sometimes i you know my i got buddies that are spaniel guys that get their dogs going left and right on on the boards and i never really put two and two together with it but like I watched, I've hunted with, well, he's a friend of mine, Jordan Horak is his name. He has Cato, Cato boards, his Cato outdoors. Their boards are made for training. They're, they're, they're place boards. And so he's a Spaniel guy and uh, uh, cockers, like little English cockers. And so I hunted with him this fall. And Jay Raglan is another buddy of mine that hit, Jay Lowry, who has Raglan gun dogs. He has English cockers as well. I hunted with him this year. These dogs, they quarter and they cast. They go left and right, left and right, left and right. And they work really this incredible little pattern, like a, like a swarm of bees. These little dogs work, 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 work really closely. And they're unbelievable athletic ability. And they're just, they're fast. They're just they're fun to watch. A little, I mean, get you spun up a little bit. Like they make you dizzy watching them. But... They work back and forth. And I watched these guys over a weekend or a couple days anyway, handling these dogs. And I watched their body language with how they work with the dogs. The dogs check in really regular with them. 
And so they're looking to them, and they're, the guys are casting and working these dogs through cover and off of roads in particular. Like we're walking down a logging road, and he wants to get the dog into the, to the right. He kind of handles the dog to the right, handles the dog to the left. Well, I didn't even put two and two together, but I was watching a video that came up as a sponsored ad for me about these Cato, Cato boards. And I watched some of the video that was along with it. And those exact motions, those exact movements, those exact things from a body language standpoint that they were doing in the field hunting them was what they were doing on these boards for training. And so I get it. I was like, oh, those boards really helped them to dial in this this pattern-like sweeping motion back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And so when you handled the dog out, it was going out, out of habit. It used to run to the board, like when it was little, it was a game. So I get it. That's not what I use play sports for. That's me personally. That's just, that's not what I use them for. Instead, for me, it's this control in the house. It's the control in the yard because I can, I can transfer. The beauty of this skill is, for me, this, the, so, so defining what play sport training is, I think there's lots of different versions of it. The one I'm talking about is when I turn around and I see Makina and I look over there and I see Taylor and I look over here and I see Spry all curled up on a spot on their place, on their board, on their cot, basically. And I know that I can go anywhere. I could leave the house. I could come back. I could do. They're just not going to get into anything because I told them, go lay down. When strangers come to the door, they don't barrage the person walking in the door. They lay on their bed and they wait for the person to come over and pet them. It's real desirable. Uh, when my daughter wants to do all this screwing around and playing and throwing stuff and all that, the puppy's not picking stuff up and running around. I just got a message from a guy that was, you know, he's got an eight-week-old puppy or 10-week-old puppy, and from eight weeks to 10 weeks, he's done nothing but pick stuff up and run around with it, and he's trying not to have an issue. I said, first off, you got to pick your stuff up. You can't have stuff all over. Second off, control the dog. So when, by the time you pick all the stuff up and you put control on the dog, you don't have any more issues. So it's an easy way to eliminate some of those problems. So that's the kind of place training I like and do. How do I get these dogs to do it the way I do it? And as well as they do it, as quickly as they do it, and as young as they're doing it. I think it has to do with the consistency. Once we start, there's just no other option. You know how easy it is to avoid bad habits if you never expose them to the behavior? Like, it's, it's unbelievably challenging when you train a dog and you ask them to do the behavior one out of three times. It's just really hard for them to catch on. It's very simple for them to catch on. It's very easy for them to catch on. They show us how smart they really are when every time we ask them to do something, the behavior takes place. That's what, that's what habits, that's where the habits are formed strong where you don't allow it to be sometimes, or most of the time, or a little of the time. It's all the time. So the second that dog got on place, I mean, there's one window here, and I don't want to jinx it. I almost didn't do this podcast because I didn't want to jinx it. But she's been fantastic. I went through a window for about three days where she got into this comfortable position, and her long legs are getting longer every day. And she all of a sudden got long enough that when she laid on the bed, She'd lay on the edge, and one front paw hung down and touched the floor. It happened for one day. And then I saw it the next day, and I saw it the next day. And by the third day, by the third day I said, I absolutely cannot allow it to happen. I mean, I fixed it every time. I corrected it every single time. But I wasn't quick enough to catch it happening. I was always seeing her because she was quiet. She wasn't doing anything. She's quiet. And all of a sudden, next thing you know, she's stretched out and that one long arm is down touching the ground. If I let that go, pretty soon it would be two feet on the ground. Pretty soon it wouldn't be her laying on the bed. She'd have her back feet on the bed and she'd be stretching out. Pretty soon she'd slip and fall and she'd be laying on her whole body. Up. Give them an inch, they'll take a mile. There's, I see it all the time. So as soon as I saw a day of that paw coming off, then I went, well, that, she, that just started. 
she hasn't done that for a couple of weeks and I just started. And then I saw it more, more often than not. Then I st- by the second day of that, it, it hit me and I went, okay, watch her now. Don't trust her. Watch her. And the second that foot stretches out and even starts to get off the perimeter of the bed, correct her. Ah, 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 that's enough. And I did that consistently for that couple hour period. And we're getting pretty much back to not having that. Very rarely do I see that paw going down now. Was, uh, was, that could have, in, in a day, two, three days, could have really been a slippery slope. So I'm super consistent. I don't allow the dog to get off the bed at her free will, ever. I don't ever do it, never. She's never allowed to get off there. If I gotta leave the room when she's little and I don't trust her to not jump off of it, I pick her up and I either bring her with me and then bring her back in the room, put her on her place when I can watch, or I pick her up and I put her in her crate and then I go and do whatever I had to do. I do not allow it to become her sneaking off that bed. I don't allow her to get off when she wants. I don't allow she there's a couple there's been a couple times it's interesting. And and I'm just I'm telling you how I do it. There's a lot of ways to do things. I am not concerned with the dog loading herself up. I put her on it almost every single time. She's 14 weeks old. Been doing this for five, six weeks now. Every single time I put her on the bed. She doesn't, I don't have a command of place yet where she jumps up on it. Some people are saying, well, you should have that by now. Don't, I'm not too worried about it. I don't have the issue getting her on it. The issues come up when dogs get, want to get off of them. I can, I can turn this into get on it pretty quickly. But the problem is, is in order to train the dog to get on it pretty quickly, what am I going to have to do? I'm going to have to tell her to get up. Good. Have her understand that that's the behavior. Then I'm going to have to repeat it. Then I'm going to have to repeat it. Then I'm going to have to repeat it. I'm going to have to repeat this. Get up on the place. 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 I'm going to have to do it six, seven, eight, nine times in a row and then be done for the session. Because the dog's got to understand that her attention span is really short. I need to, in that short attention span, pack in a few repetitions that she, the light bulb turns on. And she goes, oh, get up there. He'll tell me good. Hell, I might even give her a piece of kibble when she gets up there. Treat training. I'll do that once or twice to get her to go up there. And then I'll change it to good. You're good. And I'll pet her. But so I will do that. I don't have a problem with doing that. The problem that comes up is every time I put her up there, how do I get to do another repetition? Well, I got to get her off. And so it's challenging for me to get her up, then pick her up, set her down, get her up, pick her up, set her down, get her up, pick her up. Because I could do it and eventually I will. But right now, the challenge is not for me to get her to go up and load up onto the bed. It's the idea of staying on the bed when there's a lot of distraction. So what do I have to be rigid about? The idea of do not come off of the bed until I come and get you. So I never call her off the bed. Nobody calls her off the bed. She does, I don't know that I could call her off the bed right now, to be honest with you. If I called her, I don't think she would come off the bed. Now, it's two reasons probably. Her recall isn't the strongest, but we're working on that. The other part is, is because the bed is so strong right now, she can't get herself to do it. Perfect. How come? Because we've never allowed it to have, she doesn't even think she can get off of it. She doesn't know she can get off of it. That's making it super effective when it comes to place change. So the, I, I've got buddies that have setters and they've, both of them have said to me, I can't believe how well she's doing on place, man. Mine did not do it that way. I guarantee you they could have. I don't think they were as consistent. And you know what? It's not my dog. So I don't have a problem with it. If they don't have a problem with it, I have no problem with it. But I know for a fact, I was up by my buddy's place that he's got one of these, he's got a litter, uh, not a litter mate, but from the same kennel a year older. And I was up at his place and he's like, he, he saw what Makina was doing and he goes, man, it'd be nice to have him do that. And I, I'm like, come on, man, you know you could, I know, but he just doesn't, I said, but he said, I just don't pay, no, I don't pay close enough attention. And so his dog's on and off, on and off, on and off. And then he's hollering at his dog to get back on his place. And I mean, it's not even, he's not even close to winning that battle. Well, that little dog, like, 
got an inch, he took a mile. And it's really hard now. He could do it. He could reverse that. But he'd have to really pay a lot of attention to it. And I don't know if he's going to. And I don't. that's fine if he doesn't want to. But I don't have the option. Because there's just too many damn things going on in my house. And I have to have that control. She's not even the youngest pup. And she's sneaking off right now on me. And I'm not paying attention to it. So I just... There. I had that coming. I turned around. And... It, foot was off and she was stretching out towards the gun cabinet reaching out towards it now that corner of that gun cabinet could get chewed if i leave a dog that doesn't understand the rules too close to it best way for me to do that so what did i just do i reached down i grabbed her bed i pulled it six inches closer to me she can't get at it anymore and i'll pay a little closer attention but the reason we get the reason i think i'm having this success is because she doesn't know any other option. So I don't like the idea of a dog being able to get on, get off, get on, get off. There's ideas out there of doing things with free shaping, uh, letting dogs. I follow some friends of mine that, that are big on that. And they let the dog make the right decision and then they mark it and they treat it. I, I don't do it that way. Because when that happens, it's just to me, it's just too much freedom for the dog to do what it would like to do when it would like to do it. And to me, it's creating a, a, too big of a struggle for me when it comes to later on discouraging them from doing what they used to be able to do. Like, I just think it's two sets of rules for it. So I don't want them to, I want to begin with the end in mind. Like I want the goal of staying on place to be in the forefront, not later. Because I feel like, if we allow it to go the opposite way, we create that freedom too big early on, it's gonna take a lot more pressure from me later to kind of bottle it back up. And I'm not big on a lot of pressure. I'm not gonna put a collar on the dog. I'm not gonna put a, a big amount of negative pressure on the pup, ever. The dogs, I'll put pressure on. I mean, I'll, I will put pressure on them. I'll put correction on them. But I don't like to get to the point where I'm putting a shock collar on it. I also don't like the idea of having to use treats. So to me, I'm looking at the spectrum and I'm going, you're either on one end or the other. And I don't like being on one end or the other of anything. I like to be somewhere in the middle. And that's ultimately where I want to be. And so I usually try to figure out, I understand there are times in training where I have to go to the opposite of wherever it is the dog is. But if I start with those opposites being a little bit closer to the center, it's easier on me and I think it's easier on the dog. So I also think there's a couple things that we can talk about with the bed. I think the bed itself makes a big difference. It has to be a bed that the dog can't get a hold of. The dog can't chew stuff up on the bed. I see there's a cot out there that's really inexpensive. I think, I think Kularu maybe makes it. But it's got these corners. And these corners have big gaps in them. And the fabric gets shredded. Puppies chew on anything they can get a hold of. And so I don't give the dog stuff to chew on while they're on their beds because that's, I don't promote chewing. I, uh, that's another one. I think habits are formed early on. So chewing is a habit. I don't want to create a habit today that I have to train out later. So I don't give them chew stuff. So she figures out how to entertain herself a little bit. She's chasing her tail a little bit. She's nipping at her back foot right now. She's, and then she'll settle in. And what I'm doing is I'm forming this behavior with the dog, understanding culturally that we don't always do fast and furious things. We oftentimes do boring, slow steady things that require patience. I love building patience in a 13-week-old puppy. She's more patient now. She's more patient than a lot of dogs are that I see at 13 months old. And part of it is because of the dog and genetics, and the other part is because of cultural impact. I do not allow her to have a carnival going on on the bed. She can entertain herself. She can get tired. I, I think it's a balance of what we do off the bed that helps it make it easy on the bed. When she doesn't get a lot of 
ways to vent that energy in a positive direction, like constructive release of energy, she gets into a hell of a lot of trouble. When we do a good job of doing that outside, it makes place training very easy. That bed being elevated makes it very clear to the dog. They can't step off. Because it's literally, when they're really little, it's, a, it's quite a step. One of the things that you can do is you can raise those beds up a little bit. That helps too. I haven't had to with most of my dogs, but if you get these dogs that are a little tempted because it's just not quite high enough, raise it up a little bit. Make it a little bit more challenging for them to have to get up. Make it a little more dramatic and bold for them to have to get off. Make it a little easier for you to time your correction when she does get off, because that's the key is catching them before their feet hit the ground to tell them no. If they hit the ground, run off three or four steps, and then you grab them and tell them no, she thinks you're correcting them for whatever they were doing last, which was running across the living room, not for stepping off the bed. She's got a little energy tonight. You can hear her just spinning around on her bed. and But she'll wear herself out like this, and then she'll do what she just did. She curled up in a little ball just now. We'll see how long that lasts, and then she'll get antsy and move around a little bit. But I'm giving her that freedom. She has that freedom to move around, but it's always within reason and it's under control. So it's a beautiful thing. It's a transferable behavior as they get older. I, I've transferred place training to logs and stumps. I've transferred it to a piece of cardboard that I found. Uh, you can get, you know, as they're getting, like I'm looking at my older dog right now, I put a nice little cushy pad on top of one of them. She can have that because she's not going to chew it up. She really enjoys it. She likes it. So... But I'm not going to give the puppy that one because the puppy will chew that one up. She'll tear that apart. So this isn't something that is concrete, set in stone rules from day one to the, to the end. But I think what has to happen is, is we have to understand that the way we achieve it is by recognizing what our end goal is and starting to focus on that part of it and working our way backwards, really. Like, I, I'm not... I think making our lives easier by being extremely consistent with what you want the dog to be doing from day one is a lot easier on the puppy than it is to do it otherwise. Like I, I just think that they, they mold pretty easily, especially when they don't know what the alternative options even are. You know, if you didn't, if we didn't expose kids to if we didn't expose them to a lot of the bad behaviors that are out there, most of them probably won't find themselves getting into it. So if you remove the opportunity to fail, it's a, they're much less likely to. So I hope that helps. Um, you know, it's not, it's, not, it's not that hard. It's actually pretty simple. But it, I shouldn't say that. It's pretty easy. But and it's pretty simple if you pay super close attention to those few simple details and are consistent with it. So I hope it's, I hope it's helpful. We've had a lot of people asking about place. I thought, man, place is such a simple thing. We have a chapter on it in our puppy training video that I think I use three different dogs. I use an eight-week-old or a 10-week-old, a 12-week-old, and like a 14 or maybe a no, it's older than that. Maybe 16, 18 week old. I, I can't even remember when we filmed We filmed it quite a while ago. But I used three different dogs and showed three different examples of place training. And the beauty of it was all three of them were very different personalities. So one of them didn't want to move, was freaked out, didn't want to move. One of them didn't want to stay on. And one of them was just scared, like really intimidated. It was an older dog. It was a rescue dog. Um, and I've also got some workshop videos where we did, we did it with a... Uh, wire-haired pointer that the people said I you can't do that with my dog there's no way I could do it I said go get a bed right now and go get the dog we did it literally in my living room I did it with another dog at a uh, workshop where the dog was very high energy Labrador uh, four years old um, guy also said to me there's no way you're getting my dog to do that I said we'll do it and I knew we were, when we were gonna do it we did it when we did introductions and that dog did it instantly and uh, it's a very simple thing, but you got to know how to do it, and then you got to be really consistent in your execution. So, went a little bit longer. I probably turned in turned to place the idea of place training. Now, again, 
different definitions, but our definition of what, what place training is, I probably turned it into a little bit more than it really needs, but that's coming from a guy who's, I've done it with so many dogs for so many years, you know, we, with this consistency part, this is, I don't leave, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of things as we're sitting here and I'm going, I know so many people that put kennels, have kennels, outside kennels, that they put their dogs in and then they have beds that are similar to our place training cots and they the dogs get on and off of them all day they lay on them they love them but they get on and off of them all day and then they struggle when they try to put their dog on place in their house when the dog comes in the house they put it on place and the dog keeps getting off keeps getting off keeps getting off how come i don't want you i want you to be on that place take the place out, take that bed out of the kennel so that you don't give the dog the option to go on and off, on and off, on and off all day, and then finally say, okay, now you got to stay on it because you can't change the rules in the middle of the game. It's not fair. So consistency is so important, and it, like things like that I think get overlooked. Um, so understand your end goal. Start there and work your way forward when it comes to this. When it, when it comes to this place training. So good luck to you guys. I appreciate it. Um, please do me a favor. If you like these podcasts, do me this one favor. If you're listening to it on an app or you're listening to it on one of those, I don't know what they're called, the different things that you listen to podcasts on, if it allows you to leave a rating, if you please leave a rating, and, a, and if you want to leave some feedback, that'd be great too. Um, it helps with us because we're a super small company, and one of the things that we have really understood quickly is the importance and the value of reviews and um, rec- like recommendation, testimonial type stuff. And if you, in order for us to grow, we have to do it organically. We don't have the resources to do it any other way. So the best way for us to grow organically is by having those tools. And we can reach more people based on how we get our reviews, how many comments we get. So if you would do that for me, just do me one favor. If you do that, I'd really appreciate it. Best of luck in your training, and we will talk to you soon. Mm -hmm.